following program contains coarse language, a lot like real life. Viewer discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boils and ghouls, creatures of the night, welcome back to A Face for Horror. My name is Chris, but you can call me Moon. And tonight we're going to be discussing the 1996 horror classic Scream from Wes Craven. So this is one of those movies that... Um, I kind of feel a lot about this one, kind of like I did Halloween. Um, it's a really good movie. I really enjoy the movie overall. <clears throat> but I, I think it's a, I think the movie itself is somewhat overrated. I know that's a controversial view, but I think that the movie itself is. I don't think that the impact that the movie had is. I think that that's it had a a, a huge impact um, on horror movies in general and reviving the slasher genre. Uh, and I don't think that those can be com completely um, overstated in how much of an impact it had going forward. Um, <clears throat> the meta um, elements of it um, were a huge impact um, for better or for worse. Um, I generally prefer a more classic approach, but it is what it is. Um, some some other movies pull it off good. Some don't. Some crash and burn with it. But um, so if you don't know, Scream was written by um, Kevin Williamson, uh, directed by Wes Craven, uh, stars Nev Campbell, um, David Arquette, and Courtney Cox, um, as well as. Um, Matthew Lillard, um, Skeet Ulrich, uh, Rose McGowan, and um, Drew Barrymore. That's a brain fart. Sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> and the movie kind of opens on a pretty iconic opening scene, um, cold open type, um, where Drew Barrymore gets the infamous phone call. Um, and where the line, do you like scary movies comes in, um, it's, um, the trivia part of it is fun. I like that. I like that it acknowledges other movies in the genre. Um, I love that it acknowledges the original Friday the 13th, uh, and that it kind of uses it as a trick question. Um. As someone who um, very much loves the original uh, Friday the Thirteenth movie, um, <clears throat> that that's um, you know I really appreciated that. Um, so we get the um, the opening kill of um, her boyfriend um, Steve. Um, and then of course the ghost face killer chases her all over the house, um, chases her out into the front yard and, and she puts up a pretty good fight. He's pretty clumsy. He's not exactly, um, not really a strong, physically strong killer, um, and definitely not very graceful. Um, but he, um, 
He kills her and he hangs her from a tree in the front yard just as her parents come home. Uh, this is a, a kind of a, a one of those things, you know, he predicted that if she hung up on him again or uh, didn't do what he wanted to do, he was going to gut her like a fish, and that's pretty much what the movie tells us that he did. Um, so we get to school the next day and find out that our main character, Nev Campbell's Sydney, um, finds out that um, that her friends were killed, and we find out as an audience that it's coming up on the one-year anniversary of her mother's um, assault um, and murder. Um, we meet all of her friends, um, kind of your kind of your classic Scooby Gang uh, high school students. Um, though there's there's a they play up on the tropes a lot in it, and they kind of went with them, and they kind of didn't. Uh, makes for an interesting group. Um, of course, most people. Favorite character is Randy Meeks, the horror movie nut. Um, you find out that um, um, that Stu has no tact whatsoever. Um, you also find out that he dated Casey for a little while before she left him for Steve. Um, so you know the stage is set for your classic. Uh, teens in a horror movie, high school kids. Um, so I'm a little under the weather, folks. I'm sorry, my voice is is pretty pretty bad tonight. Um, good evening, Miss Jen. Um. Anyway, like I was saying, my voice is a little bit cracky. I've been kind of under the weather today, so y'all just have to bear with me a little bit. Um, a little brain fog. Um, but, um, so we meet the cast of characters. Um, we find out that um, the Billy Loomis character, another Loomis reference, um, this movie is, is littered with Halloween references um as well as others but there's some there's some very open references and some very subtle references um of course everybody knows that that's a reference to um dr loomis from halloween as well as um as well as a psycho reference um so anyway um uh, Sydney's dad's out of town and um, she wants to stay with her best friend Tatum who's the Rose McGowan character um, so while she's waiting on her to come and get her uh, she gets attacked she, well she gets a phone call first uh, and again it plays on the same setup that it did the first time around with the um do you like scary movies? And she says no, because it's the same old, same old. Um, and 
then he attacks her and she does exactly what she complained about people doing. Um, so, a little cat and mouse through the house. You, you can see that Sydney does fall for the, um, the, the trope of running up the stairs, but she, you can also see that she's um, a fighter. She puts up a good fight. You can also see that she's smarter than your average um, horror movie final girl um, from the very beginning. She doesn't come into that sort of fight. She has it from the beginning. Um, she has enough sense to um, because the way her closet door opens and the room, the door to her room opens, she has enough sense to brace the inner door um, with the closet door. And just as the killer, you know, does the uh, banging on the door and can't get through and, and runs away, um, Billy Loomis comes in, her boyfriend Billy Loomis comes in through the second floor window, um, which I'm going to say is a reference to um, the Rose Trellis bit from Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, it may not have been. They never actually show the trellis that I can remember. But anyway, he comes through a second floor window the same kind of way. Solid jump scare in that. Um, he comes in and, and comforts her and he drops a cell phone. Um, cell phones were not nearly as common in that day as they are now. Um, every single person didn't have one. And back then and especially high school kids um 99 of the phones at that time didn't have internet access so it was literally just a call home or emergency you know kind of deal most of the time not really a whole lot of chat um because they were expensive back then too um <clears throat> sorry about that um so he gets arrested um, because of the suspicious nature of the cell phone. Um, you get to school the next day. Uh, well, you find actually you find out that um, Officer Dewey is um, um, David Arquette's character is Tatum's brother, um, and. Um, They leave from the police station, go back to her house, um, where Sydney's staying the night with her. Um, on the way out, there's a really, a really good scene um, where you again see um, the Nev Campbell's character, um, Sydney's um, willingness to fight and willingness to stand up for herself. Um, Courtney Cox's character is a kind of a low-budget, sleazy reporter, investigative reporter type. Um, she definitely is more along the lines of the cheap um, news magazine, TV news magazine type reporter, but she definitely fancies herself a bit of Lois Lane. Um, and she confronts Sydney coming out the back of the police station, and you find out that um, 
that she had that the Courtney Cox character had written Gail Weathers is her name um had written a book about um Sydney's mother's murder and um that Sydney may have that in Gail's eyes Sydney has um convicted an innocent man in the killings of her mother um and makes us Gail makes kind of a smart comment and um doesn't read the room and gets clocked for it and it's a really good scene it really shows Sydney's character very well uh it also kind of sets up Gail's character who's definitely definitely a bitch in this one um and she they go back to Tatum's house and um they can't find find out at the police station that they can't find Sydney's dad who's out of town on business. He was supposed to have been staying at the Hilton at the at the airport and he never checked in. Um and they go back to Tatum's house and they get a, a another one of those phone calls from um from the killer. Um really awesome um element to it is the killer's voice um it's at the end when they do the reveal it's shown that it's a voice changer but it's actually a different actor um it wasn't anything like that um i had read that none of the um uh actors in it had met the um guy who was doing the phone voice the first time that they heard the the voice was actually when they were shooting those scenes um they used um a direct connection and so they were actually talking to him so that they would have a more realistic response than somebody off screen off yeah off screen reading the the lines um they the guy has a solid menace to his voice and maintains it quite well so when they first hear that voice, they're expecting, um, they were expecting Wes's voice or someone else's voice to be just reading the lyrics and they are reading the lyrics, reading the lines. Um, and they actually got an actor to do it. So you get a more genuine performance from the characters on screen. Um, <clears throat> So it's um it's one of those movies for me. Uh I saw this um in the theater. Uh it lacks a lot of suspense. Um there's a lot of good humor in it, but there's not really a until you get to until you get to the final act, and not even the end of the final act, it actually comes before the end of the final act. Um that there's that there's any real suspense in this movie for me even back even originally seeing it um and through kind of this section and into the well, the party section is um I kind of zone out when I rewatch this um for those parts the beginning of it up to about this point um I really dig and the end of it I really like. The middle the the middle act kind of drags for me. Um 
it's not by any means bad. Um, the sequence at school the next day where the other kids are running through the hallway in the ghost face mask, um, where the principal, um, Henry Winkler, gets killed. There, there's nothing bad about those scenes. There's nothing bad about the beginning of the party. Um, but it's just... I really pay attention to the beginning, and I really pay attention at the end, and this part just kind of flatlines for me a little bit. Um, but, yeah, because the kids disrupting school wearing the, the cheap masks, um, that's, that's kind of a point that they make about it, that, um, that those masks are really popular and that they're sold in every um, five-and-diamond department store is what Dewey says. Um, all over, all over. So, the mask is one of those. It's super generic for their world, the world that that this movie exists in. Um, so you get to because of that, the principal dismisses school early and calls it off for the next couple of days. Um, so uh, the Stu character decides to throw a party at his house to. Um, celebrate being out of school unexpectedly. Um, which is where we get to some of the classic scenes in it. Um, they all decide to go. There's a scene in the video store, um, which a lot of people love, but again, it kind of falls flat. The Randy character um, works at the video store. The horror movie junkie works at the video store. There's kind of a confrontation between him and Stu and him and um, the Billy character. Um, it's played for laughs, but but comedy is so subjective it just doesn't really get it for me. Um, have a lot of that with 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 movies that try to blend it, um, try to blend horror and comedy together. Uh, a lot of it falls flat for me. Some of it I love, um, and some of it I like because it falls flat, but that's just me. Um, so you go through that sequence where Randy pretty much accuses them of being the prime suspects. Um, uh, of course, on rewatch and all that, you know that that's foreshadowing and, and set up, but... Um, it also highlights the tension between him. He's he's friends with them. He's friends with all the ones in the group, but he's also somewhat of an outsider. Um, which that part I do like. I really like. I said Randy's my favorite character in in the in this movie. Um, probably one of my favorites in the entire franchise, honestly. Um, uh, really feel that it was a, a waste uh, of a good character uh, with what they did in the second one, but you know, that was that was the writers, so um, but we move on to the party, and um, um the Tatum character, Rose McGowan's character um goes downstairs to the uh, garage to get more beer um, and gets confronted by the ghost face killer. Um, 
And again, another character who puts up a solid fight, um, tries to to get away, um, hits him with the beer, uh, beats him up, does a pretty good job with it. Um, and when she can't get back up out of the basement through the door because it's locked, she decides to go out through the uh, roll-up doors for the garage through the uh, kitty door. Um, interesting little trivia bit on it. Um, she was supposed to struggle getting through the through the door, but she was actually, um, despite having a balcony you can do Shakespeare off of, so to speak, um, she was actually petite enough that she could compress herself down and actually climb through the door. Um, stories have varied over the years as to whether or not that was a custom-built door by the prop department or whether it, they just went out and bought one from a local PetSmart and just turned out to be... Um, that she turned out to be smaller than what they would assume. Um, but so... You know, but anyway, she would fit through it. The, the where they got it or what, whatever. You would think though, if it was um, there was the prop department, they would have modified it um because it took like six times to shoot the scene. Um, but in the scene, she gets halfway out the door, um, and the ghost face character rolls up the door. Suspension of a reasonable suspension of disbelief here that that. Little one horsepower garage door uh, screw motor could lift somebody, let alone lift them up enough to um, choke them out to kill them that way. Um, it, it's one of those things that that sometimes takes me out nowadays, knowing knowing things, but at the time it really didn't. And sometimes, if I'm really into the movie, it doesn't. Um, this is kind of where it picks back up for me. Gail and Dewey are outside the party um, trying to keep an eye on things. Um, and um, eventually, you know, Gail sneaks in and puts a camera in place. Um, her cameraman gets attacked. Um, Everybody leaves to go and see the uh, principal. Uh, they find out that the principal was killed, and everyone goes to um, see the crime scene. Um, so it's left with just our principal cast there in the house. The party kind of dies down. Um, like I said, uh, Gail's cameraman is attacked. She drives away with him on the windshield in the classic horror movie tropes um nice little um nice little meta moment where they're in the van looking at the tv monitors of the camera that she planted and they see the ghost face character um behind randy um who's still in the living room watching the movie um which i'm i failed to mention it um but uh during the party scene there's a whole sequence about um, Randy gives his rules for surviving a horror movie. Um, they've very much become cliche nowadays. Um, and they weren't even 100% accurate at the time, but most people just kind of 
kind of assumed that they were. Um, there's actually a lot less movies that fit those bills perfectly, fit all of those rules. Um, you know, never say I'll be right back, never have sex, never, um, never drink and all. Um, there's a lot of movies that, you know, never drink, never do drugs. There's a lot of movies that don't, that do not fit that mold 100%. So, um, Randy's rules are hit and miss. Um, for the 80s movies um but um so we get running around in the house and um actually i also after that uh there's there's a scene where um um after the rules and before all the chaos starts happening at the end um there's a scene where Sydney's character finally gives in to um, Billy's character and has sex with him, um, which of course means that she now fits the rules um, that Randy laid out for everybody. Um, in in hindsight, watching it and after you know who who the um, the killers are, there's a when Randy's going over his rules is after Tatum is killed. And uh, the Stu character is going down to the basement to get more beer. And, of course, does the I'll be right back. Well, if he went into the, not basement, but out, down into the garage. Um, so there's your first, well, not your first, but there's definitely a, a, a major element if you're paying attention. Um, because we find out that they didn't pull the body down. So Tatum's still hanging in the garage door. If he wasn't the killer or one of them, as the case may be in this movie, uh, he definitely would have noticed that. Um, but um, so Sydney and Billy have sex, um, which means she now fits the rules and she still kind of doesn't trust him. There's still something not quite right with with them. And just about the time he starts to say something about it um the killer comes into the room and stabs him with the knife um and she escapes and runs away and it's kind of where our, our main climax starts where all the real excitement is um runs outside and that's where uh she runs back into gale and um, they get back to the house and about the same time that they get to the house, Stu and Randy both come up, um, on, onto the porch and find that Dewey's been knocked out. Um, and, uh, Sydney doesn't know who to trust and she finally, and, uh, uh, Billy comes rolling down the stairs. Um, all beaten up and barely alive, apparently. Um, so, turns out, of course, that um, Billy and Stu are in on it together. Um, they shoot Randy, um, and then they explain their um, 
they go into their monologue and explain why they're doing it and what they're doing um, to Sydney and um, it's one of those things where you know the famous lines psych um, horror movies don't create psychos they make psychos better um, they make psychos more creative that's the line um, but um, <clears throat> So Billy stabs Randy, Randy or stabs Stu, and Stu slashes um, the Billy character. And about that time, Gail gets comes to and has Dewey's gun. Uh, but unfortunately, she's not somebody who knows her firearms very well. And um, they realize that the safety's still on, so they take the gun away from her. But in the meantime. Um, Sydney Sydney escapes, gets away from them, um, and starts toying with them. Um, one of those, another one of those famous one-liners. The uh, Stu character, um, after being told that that they called the cops, the Stu character, says, you know, that his parents are going to be really upset with him. Um, which Nah, that line doesn't really land for me very much either, but um, I, I like Matthew Lillard enough that I don't have a, an issue with that line. It just is not. It's one of those things that just kind of got a smirk out of me and nothing more. And it's like, you know, yeah, it's Matthew Lillard. Okay. Um, but A little chase around the house, and Sydney stabs um, Billy with an umbrella, um, drops the TV on Stu, um, and ends up shooting Billy. Uh, Randy was only lightly wounded. Dewey was only lightly wounded. Um, Gail and Sydney were kind of beaten up. Um, and, of course, the final jump scare... As predicted by Randy, and um, Sydney shoots him between the eyes. So there's a lot of people out there who want to see Stu come back. I like Matthew Lillard. Um, reasonable suspension of disbelief. It's a slasher movie. Uh, if they bring him back, okay. Uh, if not, okay. Um, I've enjoyed the sequels to this for the most part. Um, not a huge fan of, of three. Well, actually, I hate three. Uh, not, I don't really hate it, but I, it had the potential to be a lot better than what it was. Um, two, I like. Four, I like. Um, five was pretty good, not great. Uh, and six is the first two acts are great. And then you get to the reveal and the movie went to shit. Um, I'm not going to go into, uh, the rest of them too much. Um, but yeah, that final act on part six sucked. Um, and this movie had a lot of impact for the nineties. It had a lot of impact for movies that have come out since. Um, it made it pretty much okay to directly reference other movies. Um, it made it okay 
for um, this type of movie to exist in a in another for a slasher movie to exist in another slasher movie. Uh, a lot of other movies, far back as the '80s, made reference to horror movies um, and monster movies and things, but it was never. No titles were ever directly mentioned um, that I that I know of. It may have happened in some, uh, and I may not even be, be remembering some that it, that I liked that it happened in. But as far as I can remember off the top of my head, there wasn't any direct titles mentioned. There were definitely um, scenes and sequences and ideas lifted, and sometimes characters would point them out. Um, I know that uh, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, there's a character called Rooster who is in um, a slasher movie from the 80s who, who um, was one of the inspirations for Randy. I know Kevin Williamson had said that in a couple of different movies. Um, I can't remember what the, what the movie that was from was. Um, Final exam. That's the movie. Um, and I'm sure that there were others who did that sort of thing too before the Randy character. I know that um, Friday the 13th Part 6 makes a reference to um, to any any big guy in a hockey mask in the middle of the road at night is, is not friendly um, kind of thing. So I mean, it happened before that, but this is the one that brought it brought it back um, and brought slashers back and really reinvigorated horror movies. Um, the studio actually released this movie in uh, December. Um, kind of, um, it was originally scheduled for January uh, when movies, where movies go to die um, kind of thing, but they pulled it back um, at kind of the last minute, um, and opened it the week before Christmas. Um, and they, it's been said that it was done because they wanted to give, um, people who were tired of the family movies and the holiday movies, um, a choice of something to watch. Um, and it's also been said that there was complications with something else that was supposed to have been released at that time and and a month ahead of time wasn't going to be able to be released so they pulled this one from January back to December um, <clears throat> and like the first week it was out it didn't really do very well um, and they were afraid it was going to bomb but um, word of mouth um, more so than the um, actual advertising campaign um, peaked this one and when you um take into account the time of year it was released it did like 120 million or something like that um so on like a 15 20 million dollar budget something like that so it really it blew up and it put west craven back on the map it put horror movies back on the uh, map it appealed to um people who were fans of 80 slashers 
it was um it had a um enough well-known names in it um drew barrymore uh, of course lended a um a bit of name recognition to it um nev campbell was pretty popular with the late teens 20 something sets um because of party of five um and the others had done a few things around and about um and so it had a it had that that it hit that same mark that like friday the first two friday the 13th movies did it had pretty young people in it it had a bit of a name with drew barrymore um so it, it drew in a lot of people and it it showed that people wanted that old school feel back um there's a lot of this movie that's very retro a lot of this movie that um that feels very classic um it kind of makes fun of the classics um it's one of those things on that one that i'm not um a hundred percent on board with a lot of people say that it that it lovingly sends them up and i don't i don't know that there's a whole lot of love in it um feel like there might be kind of a point on the end of that um and i i don't necessarily think that it's um the best at doing that i think it sacrifices um some elements that it could have had if it was a more straightforward horror movie um and it it went on to influence the rest of the 90s into the early 2000s um for both good and bad like i said at the beginning um and like i said i think that this movie is somewhat in its in and of itself overrated i don't think it has the rewatchability of some of the 80s stuff it's a little too slickly produced um it's a little too a little too polished um and and for me the comedy just isn't as good as it could be um there's a lot of elements to it that work and then there's some that just don't um but overall it's got a good cast the acting in it is is very well acted the direction is good it's got a decent pace to it um like i said for me the middle part of it drags a little bit but for most people i don't think it does i think that's just a me thing on that one um i have all the all of the things that i have that are detractions from this movie are not massive detractions it's not a major issue with this movie there's i have no major faults with this movie um so overall and i don't give ratings on this one and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna rate this one but it's it's a positive experience for the most part i just don't find myself drawn back to it um like i do some of the more classic 80s stuff um and even even a couple of the contemporaries to this one i i would watch them before i watch this one but i acknowledge the quality of it um i acknowledge its legacy i'm glad that we have the legacy from it that we do um i'm glad that it brought horror back and 
it brought horror back to the mainstream to some degree. Um, there's a lot of people who saw this movie in that in that time, um, and a lot of people who saw this movie on video after that that um, that really weren't. This is a good gateway horror for somebody who is only mildly interested in it. There's not a lot of gore. Um, there's the garage kill is somewhat creative, but everything else is the same old buck knife. So there's not a whole lot of creativity when it comes to that. Um, the whodunit element is fun, um, but once you know the secret to it, um, the, once you know the reveal on it, um, you've kind of got to either be one of those people who can block that out and just roll with it and enjoy it for what it is, uh, which is something that, that you can do with this one um, without a whole lot of trouble. Or you're going to be somebody who's going to sit there and nitpick and look for every clue that's in it. And then once you feel like you found them all, then you're probably not going to go back to it. Um, I want, I, I like this movie. I can watch this movie. I'm just not drawn back to it. It's not, I don't walk up to the movie cabinet and go, Oh, let's watch scream again. But if I happen to just be in the right kind of mood or there's a new one coming out, like there is soon. Um, yeah, I can revisit the franchise. And it, and have a good time with it. Enjoy it. I don't dislike it. I can watch it when I choose to watch it. It's just not one of those that pops into my head and, and I have to go run and watch. Um, so, with all that being said, I am positive on this movie. I think that it's a good movie. I think that the quality is there. I think that the movie itself is somewhat overrated, but as a, as a franchise and as an... Um, an impact on culture. I think that this movie it very much deserves its reputation as what it gets. So I'm going to wrap it up there tonight, guys. Um, thank you all so much for joining me. Uh, if you're watching on face on uh, YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe. Um, speaking of comments, um, I have a rewind. Replay. From last week, um, Hobbs Horror once again uh, left a comment and he caught the replay of the show. Thank you, Hobbs, for that. Um, and again, like, comment, subscribe. If you enjoy what I'm doing here, ring the bell so you know when I drop another video. These can, are going to continue um, Wednesday nights. Um, if you're listening to this on Spotify, which I am now on Spotify, I'm on Amazon. Um, all of those things like that. I'm still not on iTunes yet um, as of recording this. I, I've got a bit in, but I'm still not available on iTunes. But uh, do me a favor. After you listen to an episode or so, go hit the um, rating button. Give me a five-star rating, please. It helps get the podcast out there. I hope you've all enjoyed this. Um, and I've enjoyed this uh, myself tonight. Um, despite being a little under the weather, I do apologize for my voice. Um, but I'm going to end it here, folks, As and as always, y'all be good, y'all be safe, and y'all have a good one.